Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the 7 a.m. A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are at page 157, the fourth paragraph, starting with for an hour. Today, um, the readers are, and thank you so much for your service, Nancy P., Janet E., Diane B., and for the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, Sam C., Sandy C., and the newcomer greeter, Elizabeth D., and our host, Russ M., for the second hour. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, May 18th, 7 a.m. Eastern meeting, is 14,642, that's 14642, and for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 14,643, that's 14643. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At the Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Sam S. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Sam. Good morning and thank you. This is Sam S. Recovered in Bristol. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Thank you so much, Sam. I will now ask for Sandy C. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Sandy. 
Thank you. Hi, Sandy C., Fall River, Massachusetts, Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Okay, thank you so much, Sandy C. So how does our meeting work? Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone except the speaker's phone should be muted, and please try to avoid speaking on a speakerphone. Today, we resume our study in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the chapter of Vision for You on page 157, the fourth paragraph. We're going to unpack that one paragraph only. And now I'm going to ask Nancy P. to get us started. Go ahead, Nancy. Good morning. This is Nancy P. from West Newton, Massachusetts. For an hour, the two friends told him about their drinking experiences. Over and over, he would say, that's me. That's me. I drink like that. Okay. Um, if you could please time me. Um, so I'm Nancy T from West Newton, Massachusetts, Nancy, the one trick pony. I only have one trick, but I do it all the time and it really works. Um, and it's surrender. Everybody's heard me say that. And this is to me, this paragraph is a prime example of that. 
So, you know, over and over, that's me. That's me. I drink like that. And I got to tell you, I have a lot of experience in this program. I've been in this program since 1971. Um, I was a child when I joined. I still have the original um, um, format kit that was written for children. I still have that. Um, I, I, in my literary genius, I wrote a story about OA and how it worked when I was maybe, I don't know, 12. I still have that. <laughs> um, my pedigree in this program is platinum, and, um, but I never got it. My attitude was, no, thank you. I've got this. And um, I even went through the big book step study process once before with a perfectly adequate, lovely sponsor. And my entire attitude, the entire time um, that I worked with her, my attitude was, yeah, uh-huh, I know all that. Can we get to the recovered parts so I can start talking about myself? That was my attitude. And, um, you know, I didn't want to start at the beginning. I wanted to start at the end and go back and say, that's me. That's me. I drank like that, but I don't do that anymore because I'm recovered without actually doing the work. Um, and I tried everything, everything to smash my square peg into a round hole. I tried everything except what worked. New meetings, different meetings, more meetings, fewer meetings, different sponsor. That was a personal favorite. Um, eat this, don't eat that, eat that, don't eat this, everything except what worked. But when I was finally stopped in my tracks by a catastrophe that I couldn't control, which was that my daughter was cutting and burning herself, and I couldn't cry hard enough or eat fast enough to make that go away. Finally, finally, I stopped and I said, help me. And miracle of miracles, it worked. When I did what, what, exactly what it said in this book, in the order that it said, under the guidance of someone who had been through it and had recovered, I got better, and I got better fast. But until I did that, I got nothing. You know, if I tried halfway, I still got nothing. If I tried 98% of the way, I still got nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing until I surrendered absolutely. And I wasn't, I mean, all those years when I heard people say things that they did with food, somehow I still thought I was special. Somehow my eating on the way to work was different from their eating on the way to work. Somehow my eating a dozen donuts was different. Somehow that made me different. And I'm not special. Hi. I tell my sponsor, thank you, I'll just wrap up. I tell my sponsors this all the time. And I just had this conversation yesterday. I tell them that mostly so that I'll hear it for myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. What a way to get it started. Okay, folks. We are going to take names now for people who would like to share on what was read. And we very much value your experience, but if you um, haven't shared in a three days, we'd love to hear from you first. So please give us your name. Janet E. Janet E. Kim J. Kim J. Vasa O. Vasa O. Amy, did you get Naomi? 
No, I didn't. Thank you so much. Naomi? Okay. Here. Uh-huh. Naomi, I got, got you. Anybody else? Going once, going twice. All right, we got an awesome lineup. Okay, Janet E, Kim G, Vasa O, Naomi B. Janet E, you're up. Please go ahead. Good morning. I'm Janet E, recovered uh, compulsive liberator, bulimic, and restrictor in Ecuador. And I just, this is a sweet little paragraph because I can just hear this guy's hope in, in these words, you know, that's me, that's me, that's me. I drink like that. And to, you know, here's this guy that's ended up in, in a ward for alcoholism. How many times? Who knows? Um, no solution in, in, his, in his, he has no idea that there's a solution. He's just had these two guys visit him. He's been put in a private room. And they start telling him about their drinking. And all of a sudden, he's, he is sitting in front of two people that understand who he is, understand how he drinks, and he begins to identify. And I can't even imagine the sense of hope that for the first time this man must have felt as he began to see that he was not the only one. And it just, it just, it's so, it just gets me because I, I know the years that I languished thinking I was the only one in college when I was binging and, and just food drove my life. And I knew there was something wrong with me. I just didn't know what it was. And I knew a couple of other people that ate like me, but there, I didn't know that there was a solution. I didn't know there was a program. I didn't know I had a twofold disease. I didn't know that it was a spiritual solution, that if I did it, um, I could get to a, a place of neutrality. And I just, that's how this works today. We share, I share what it was like, what happened and what it's like now with people. And they have an opportunity to identify. Um, the stories may not be exactly the same, but wow, can, can I identify with the feelings and what Bill felt like and how he thought and how, you know, his despair? Sure. Um, so I'm just I'm so grateful that that's how we that's how we do this. We we don't uh, I don't preach I don't convince I simply share, and that gives someone else an opportunity to identify and decide. Wow, is that me? And do I want this thing? Am I willing to do this thing? Um, so I'm really grateful and I'm glad to be in the line today. I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Janet. Kim G, you're up. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, recovered since January 2011. I, I love that their drinking experience. You know, it's not saying they shared their life experience. You know, you know, this approach of the big book really changed the way I shared in Overeaters Anonymous. It changed the way I, I told my story. Let's, let's compare two different ways. If I was going to share with you my life experience, I would talk about being the oldest of three kids. I went through 12 years of Catholic school. Um, I have a master's in accounting. I was in the sorority in college, had some low self-esteem from that. I've, I'm 53. I've never been married. I don't have children. 
you know, last week was a tough week because my company furloughed about 12,500 people. My entire department was furloughed except me. So I'm dealing with this survivor's guilt and yet this gratitude all smashed together. How many of you on the line stop paying attention? Because that's not your experience, right? But what if I share about waking up, being hooking me up to a lie detector test, saying today will be different. Today I'm not going to pick up, and I'm still going to pick up. And I'm cleaning up wrappers around my house as a kid and as a teenager and throwing the wrappers away outside the house so my parents don't know what I'm doing. What about if I talk about going through drive throughs at fast food restaurants, ordering for imaginary boyfriends and, and children? Or in college, sitting in the laundry room and studying because I'm so afraid that if I leave my laundry there and someone pulls the laundry out, they're going to see how big my underwear is. What about the being baffled about joining another dream never to go, joining another diet program and binging on my way home? I can picture right now there's a lot of bobbleheads. So what we're trying to share here is our drinking experience. And, and my my experience going to OA and AA meetings is often if you go in 10 minutes after the meeting is over, it's, it, you wouldn't even know the 12-step program. It's become junior therapy. So what is the purpose of a meeting? The purpose of a meeting, the purpose of this 12-step call is to define the problem, to define the solution, and define the program of action and use our own experience to manifest that. You know, that's one of the reasons I love this meeting, this, when I, and I love how it's described as a healthy meeting. Sandy B., who's one of my favorite AA speakers, says that every meeting should be a big show-and-tell operation. So is the purpose, is what's happening in meetings, are we, are we modeling the disease model or are we doing a drunk log? Are we talking about our experience or are we talking about opinions? And I think as we go through this chapter, we really see a beautiful example of how we should be approaching people one-on-one -on -one as recovered people helping the still-suffering but also, too, how is our meetings approaching the still suffering? Are we just perpetuating the disease? I don't need to learn how to be a better compulsive overeater. I'm very good at that. What I need is a solution of how I escape from the horror of being a compulsive overeater actively. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim. Vasa O, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Amy, for your service. Vasa, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Ovita, calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Please time me because I can, from not talking an hour, can't, you can't stop me, so please time me. <laughs> I got Ways, Thank you very much. And yes, uh, I, I, Bill and Bob are trying to 12-step Bill Dutson, and I could relate with the story, even though I was not an alcoholic, I was a food addict. But anyways, uh uh, a friend of mine was my Abby. She had been in uh, AA for a couple of years and OA. And uh, she, I'd been looking for a solution how to put the food down for 25 years of my life. And everything I did, everything I tried, it not work. I could put it down for a day or two or three days, but I could never keep it down. So that was my game. I played all those years, trying all different all different kind of diets, and nothing, nothing worked. And I guess when the student is ready, the teacher is going to appear, especially when it came to the food. It was just going to kill me. It was getting progressive for me. Thank God I'm a very active person, so I could eat more calories than not, than, than not being active. 
that's how my weight was going up and down, up and down. I was burning a lot of calories. But anyways, uh, so grateful. She was a friend of mine. She came one morning in the kitchen and visited me. I was surprised to see her. And she looked wonderful. I, I just, I wanted to have what she had. She just, you know, she looked peaceful, very gentle, talked very slowly. She, she's a teacher. And, um, you know, she, I said, what have you been doing? And she told me. And she said, I'll be happy to take you to our meeting. But it took, it, it was about a, a week before I went to my first meeting. But every day she told me a little bit about the program. We talked every single day. And she was introducing me a little bit, a little bit of telling me about the 12 steps, telling me about the meetings and how it worked. And she sold it. I mean, she was a salesman to me, and I was ready to buy it. And by this time, I was just so ready, and I was just so willing to find the solution after so many years. It gave me so much hope. And this was my last hope. I remember saying, if this doesn't work, and if that said, I, I had given into the food already a few months even before that because nothing worked up to that point. And I remember saying, what's the difference? I'm just going to die fat and miserable. And uh, again, this, she gave me this book. It was such, I still have the same book. It's falling apart. And I, it's, you know, I underlined everything. I looked up words that I didn't understand. And I remember saying, she said to me, abstinence, we have to put the food down first before we work the steps. And I went cold turkey, you know. I said, I will do whatever you tell me because I don't want to die. I was 40, thank you. I was 41 years old when I came to the program. And uh, I've been in it all these years, and it's by the grace of God. You know, 34 years later, I'm still here. I thought I was going to die by the time I had my 45th birthday. So, again, she said, clean house, do service, and help others. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Okay, Naomi B., it's your turn. I'm here. Good morning. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. Isn't it amazing? It's just such a tiny little paragraph, but boy, it speaks wonders of what my life was. And and yes, I too, um, gosh, when I think back on February, okay, so I had the lap band, and I thankfully didn't have the time to take off to have the stomach diced and sliced. So the lap band was another a solution for me, temporarily, of course, because the band should have been put around my brain not around my stomach. That's where my problem is. And what happened was, you know, the doctor insulted me after I regained four pounds. I couldn't emotionally never handled what he would have said to me after regaining 35 of the 70 pounds. And I thought I was screwed. Thankfully, God sent an Ebby into my home. It was a neighbor who wanted to borrow a pie dish. And I saw that she was thin. I said, how did you do that? And she said, Overeaters Anonymous. So I looked it up, and I found a meeting close to my home. So February 7th of 2011, I attended my first OA meeting. And I walked in there, and I was like, where's the scale? And why are there skinny people here? And then they hand me a book about alcohol. 
You know, my problem is not drinking maybe two pina coladas a year. But, boy, I could really pack it in with the food. I really had the problem with the volume. Not so much sweets. Eh, once in a while, but not so much sweets. Give me lots and lots of Philly food. I was off to the races. And then two hours later, I'd be sleeping. And that's that's the beautiful part of this program, that you can share your experience with another recovering um, compulsive overeater, a person that's just coming in the program that say, you know, you don't know what I'm going through. Oh, yes, I do. And I do know. I really do. Because um, I had a daycare business in my home here, and I can remember after feeding the children, I would sit and gorge myself on breakfast thinking, what am I going to have for lunch? This is, like, insane. But the solution is, the solution is, getting close to God. I always prayed to God that they would that he would send the children into my life that he wanted me to. Never about the food. And now today I pray to God for everything and everyone because that's what this program teaches and to carry the message and thank God God gave me a mouth and I and I use it and a brain and I use it. And I'm recovered. I've been recovered since July 25th of 2011. But it's just for today because that's all I have is today. So I love you all, and God bless you, and please be safe, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi. Okay, so we are going to open it up for more shares. We are on page 157, the fourth paragraph. Just working on that one paragraph. Who would like to share? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Tina S. Anita right, so I, got T- I got Tina S. Anita J. I missed someone else. Andrea S. Thanks. Audria. Andrea. Andrea F. Okay, got it. Thanks. Karen C. Sharon C. Anybody else? Marge E. Joni C. Marge B. Joni C. Was it Alana? Ilana K. Hold on a second. Missing the Alana. Joe A. Okay, we're going to hold there. This is who I have. (laughs) Tina F. Anita J. Andrea F. Sharon C. Marge B. Joni C. and Joe A. Okay, go ahead, Tina, your turn. Hi, this is Tina. Did you call on me? I did. Go ahead. Okay, sorry, I was on mute. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. And, uh, you know, I'm on board with such a short paragraph that speaks volumes. And, uh, you know, as uh, Kim was sharing, I was bobbing my head, you know, because bottom line is it says that the two friends told him about their drinking experiences, not about what he needed to do for his. And, you know, and over and over he would say, that's me, that's me. I drink like that, you know, and that's so my experience, you know, on the line every morning, I'm always, my head's always bobbing up and down, up and down when people are sharing about their life in recovery and their life in the, in the food, you know, bottom line. And, you know, when I got here, that's what kept me coming back. 
you know, before there was a solution, it was the common bond that brought me back to every meeting. And then the people kept telling me about this thing. We certainly have this common bond, but there's a common solution that you can get out of the pain that you're in today, right here, right now. You know, I was in a meeting last night. We were reading one of the stories in the back of the book, you know, the housewife who drank too much. You know, and, uh, you know, I related to all the drinking, you know, and she didn't talk a a whole lot about recovery, but she talked about, like, like the doctor's opinion, you know, about the disease and about how she tried all these different substitutes, you know, and that's what I did. You know, I tried the the diets, the exercise programs, all that stuff, and it worked until it didn't. The only thing that worked, that works one day at a time for me is the 12 steps and having a spiritual awakening, you know, and that also was given to me by, by a a person in Overeaters Anonymous in whom, within whom the problem had been solved. And so I did what she said to do, you know, whether I liked it or not, whether I wanted to or not. And I always, you know, I always qualify with that because that's, that was me coming in. You know, when somebody told me I didn't have to like it or I didn't have to want to do it, I thought that was a novel idea because I always thought I had to want to do something before I would do it. I didn't have to. I just had to do it. You know, and today, you know, I get the gifts. I reap the gifts one day at a time. If I, I do this thing today that I did yesterday, then I'll have what I, what I got yesterday. And if I do more, I'll get more. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. Okay, I'm going to just go through this lineup again. I've got Anita J., Andrea F., and it was Karen C., not Sharon. So Karen C., I did get you, Karen. Just want to let you know. And then, Alana, I missed you, so I'm going to put you in the first personal lineup for the next round of speak, uh, shares, Okay. So Karen C, Marge B, Joni, and Joe. Okay, Anita J, you're up. Okay, thank you. This is Anita J, recovered in um, Framingham, Massachusetts. I'll tell you, that's me. That's me. That's me. That 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 is the speaker for me. Connection, connection, connection. Um. I'm I'm a recovered person, which is a miracle, you know, that I would uh, listen to other people. But the thing was connecting. And, you know, if you saw us all, we're an unlikely bunch, or I'm an unlikely bunch, but I have, I speak to the heart and other people speak to the heart. And it's not the heart of anything, but our food addiction, we have we, we have that in common, but what we really have, the solution, we know the way out. Oh, my God, what a gift they gave that guy lying there because he could have lain there forever, gotten dry, gone out, been hit by, that's the different story, hit by a fire engine or gone right to a bar or gone sit in a barn trying to kill himself. Or all the different things and do it all over again if you're lucky, if you're not dead yet. And I I don't know. It took me so long to understand that because what got in the way, I couldn't connect with Bill. Are you kidding? Because my mother was a really bother, got a level drunk by the time I was three. I, I, I couldn't. And now, you know, I made up with my mother. My mother wasn't her fault. That was her solution. Mine was smoking almond fudge and a million other things. 
I mean, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful program because I got a life second to none. You hear that? That's that's all real. That's that's what I'm trying to say. If you can hear, hear, hear is excitement saying that's me. That's me. That's my excitement. This is the way out. This is the way. Follow me. This is the way out. And uh, I help all of you. You know. If it's your time, but, you know, it's a decision. You hear people say that. This is an action program. Do I decide today, Anita, that this is the way out? I'm going to follow it, do everything it says, do service. You know the routine. Yes, I say. Yes, I am doing it excitedly. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Anita. Okay, Andrea, you're up. Andrea? Hey, thank you. Thank you for your service. This is Andrea as in New Jersey. Um, and very grateful that, to be reading this short paragraph today just simply for the two words, that's me. And I've got to say this every day. It's part of step one. Uh, that's me, that's me. And my compulsive overeater, my disease, doesn't want me to think about this. My disease wants me to think, uh, like after so many days of being abstinent, oh, I've got this, or I'm over it now. I, you know, I got this, and I graduated. I did the steps. I, I graduated because I keep wanting to graduate, right? Um, but no, every day I have to identify in, um, say that's me, and you know I'm grateful for that because that's the release for me, the freedom of surrender that, yeah, I have this. That's me. I don't have to try to control my eating anymore. And today, I know that I can't control it, and that's the good news. Like, I get to just surrender and have a new employer, like is said in the big book. So I have to keep saying, that's me every day. That's me. Um, And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks for your service. Thank you so much, Andrea. All right, Karen C., you're up. Karen, press star one on you. Karen, are you there? Yes, um, I thought I was unmuted. Hi, this is Karen C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New Jersey, and I'm so glad I... I, um, dialed in today because as they read these three sentences four sentences this is exactly my experience when i went to my first meeting i stumbled in i wasn't going for myself i was going to support my sister because after all i was on a weight loss program where i yo-yo dieted for the past 10 years not to mention my entire life was um, yo-yo dieting from the age of 10 on up And when I heard them say their experience, I kept saying, that's me, that's me, over and over and over again. I finally found people who understood my disease. And I finally understood my disease. Like from the very beginning, I jumped right in. And now, though, I have to keep on saying, that's me. That's still me. I have a solution but it's still me. I still need to know that I need to surrender every day. I have no power without my higher power. 
and um, it's just wonderful. I'm, I'm so grateful I I uh, phoned in today, and that's all I have. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Carrie. Marge B, it's your turn. Thank you, Amy. It's Marge E, as an egg. Marge, got it. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you for your service. Uh, boy, did I relate to this. I was in, as a child, I was a heavy child, and I had normies for a brother and my parents, and I knew there was something wrong with me, but no one understood. So I thought it was me. There's something wrong, terrible with me. I'm a bad person, what have you. And I went on the diets and everything through, you know, time and got hooked on diet pills and diuretics and the whole business. Still couldn't understand why I could not stop. I could not stop. And it was progressive. It was getting worse. Um, And then, thank you, God, the person who brought me into program went over what she did with food. And I said, oh, my God. I'm like that. That's me. She understands and came into program. And that's how I would try to bring someone in, try to 12-step, is so you could relate. But the essence of it was I saw it wasn't a moral issue. It wasn't that I was morally corrupt, that there's something morally wrong with me. I had a disease. I had an allergy. And that just opened the world for me, that I could stop beating myself on the head, thinking I'm such a terrible person and I'm weak-willed and I don't have willpower, I could understand my problem, and it just turned my life around. It is such a miracle. And I think if she just said, oh, I lost weight and this and that, I wouldn't have related and said, oh, it's just another diet. But she, she, I could relate. I think it's so important for me. It was important that I could see it wasn't a moral issue. And... Um, you know, that I, I, I'm forever grateful, and thank you for your service, Amy, and I pass. Thank you so much, Marge. Okay, Joni, Joan C. I'm not sure I had that right. Hi, Hi Joni. Joni C. Okay, um, Joni C., I did have it right. Please go ahead. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, this paragraph uh, reminds me of the first time I listened to the podcast on the double whammy and, and learning that, you know, it's an allergy and that it's an obsession and that I can't stop when I starting and I can't stop from starting. And, and it just made so much sense and it made it, you know, it just, it was the first time I ever, felt hope and um this was amazing and i i've been i've been abstinent ever since and i'm so grateful and with that i pass thank you so much joni okay we have joe a please go ahead this is joe um a uh from cleveland ohio and um yeah, my first meeting, that was me. Uh, the the speaker uh, at that meeting, we were hundreds of pounds apart in size, but our obsession with food 
um, and eating was was identical. And so I immediately could identify, and that's me, that's me. But what really jumped out at me with this little paragraph and um, a share from earlier was um, the altruism and the generosity and actually the spirit of the fellowship with sharing the experience with others and how necessary that is for our own recovery. Because, uh, you know, I was so full of jealousy and resentment that I didn't want, you know, I would not acknowledge someone who had lost weight because I was resentful and jealous of them. And uh, and if I had found the solution, I wanted to keep it to myself. You know, so it was when I uh, did step four and started looking at my flawed character that uh, that I began to understand uh, what this program was all about. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jill. Okay, we have time for a few more shares. Alana Kay, I do have you there at the top if you want to share. That would be great. Who else would like to share? Carmela G. Carmela. Virginia N. N. Virginia S, did you say? No, N is in Nancy. Oh, Virginia N. Okay. Cheryl C. Cheryl C. I think that should probably do it. I'm sorry, who was the last person? I'm sorry, who was that? Okay, well, we'll go with what we got. Alana K., Carmela G., Virginia N., and Cheryl C. Okay, Alana, please go ahead. Hi, thank you. This is Ilana K. I live in Israel, and I'm very grateful to be on this meeting and to be on this in this fellowship um, <clears throat> this paragraph really spoke to me. I remember my first meeting. I was 27 years old. I'm now 42. Um, and I walked into that room and just was crying because I heard people saying things. I was like, that's me. That's me. That's me. And I love when you're in a you know a physical room and people are just nodding their heads, you know. And at that point, it was very much about the physical for me, um, you know, the, the actual symptoms of eating. And when I cut out, you know, all the, the trigger foods for my for my food plan and, you know, had a, a lot of relief physically, um, and I had a good six years and I was working the steps, but not the way it's outlined in the big book. But then that mental obsession kicked in one day, um, about a year after having my first baby, and that first baby just turned 10 uh, last week. And I literally have been in and out of the food since then. But but I never left. And when I found vision, you know, it was real hearing, real recovery. And, and for me, it's like that identifying in at, at that first time and saying, yeah, that's me. You know, I had to get to a new level of desperation. And my new level of desperation was with the character defects. And that's why these meetings are so important because, you know, a lot of the meetings I used to go very, used to go to very much emphasize, you know, like the physical and abstinence is, you know, kind of the end all be all, but it's not. It's just a means to be able to work the steps. You have to be abstinent to work the steps, but the steps are what brings about the the psychic change and the connection to God. Like if we're still in the food, we're we're blocked off from God, and there's no way that we can can change. Um, at least I couldn't. And for me, my bottom this time came with the character defects. Like I just can't stand myself, and I can't stand who I am. You know, whether in the food or not in the food. You know, the 
if you're abstinent but not recovered, you're a dry drunk. And a dry drunk is still, you know, selfish, self-seeking, dishonest, and afraid. And I'm literally, you know, the, the analogy of the Tasmanian devil run riot. Um, and I want recovery. And when I get on these meetings and I hear recovery, and when I listen to the special editions, you know, on various topics and how people's lives have changed, how people's relationships have healed, how people are not the same person they used to be, how they're calm and they're confident and they're capable and they go ahead despite their fears. That's what I want. And I identify in when they share about how crazy their lives used to be. And I get so much strength and hope from hearing how they've changed. And even my sponsor, you know, she's been very patient with me. Um, I've relapsed a few times while working the steps and had to go back to step one again a few times. And she's like, I did the same thing. And it's just like, okay. And she's been recovered for eight plus years now. Like if she could do it, I can do it. And getting that boost of, of confidence that this can work. It can work for anybody who works it. And I'm not unique and I'm not special and I'm not constitutionally incapable, though sometimes I thought I was. Really, I just, you know, keep having to put one foot in front of the other, taking the next right step, working the steps. And I know God wants the best for me and um, I'm very grateful to to know there is a solution and be be working the steps. So thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Alana. Okay, Carmela G, your turn. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everyone on the line. Thank you all for your service. I couldn't say that was me. My food behaviors were totally different from what I was hearing in the rooms. So therefore, I kept saying I increased my denial and said I'm not a compulsive overeater. I would not. If I, bought, if I bought food for the children, their special treats, I would not eat them. It was just my insanity was completely different. But I was insane. And the reality was it took someone who was in program saying to me, you have an allergy of the body and obsession of the mind that brought me into the rooms and kept me in the rooms. I did have that. I was obsessed. I did have that allergy. And it was only then that I could connect to what another compulsive overeater was like. And then I found I had all the same characteristics. But the food behavior was completely different. And that's today how I work my program. Every one of us, We have the same insanity, but we may treat it a little bit different because our problem is all the same. We are powerless. Our solution is all the same. Find a power greater than ourselves. And that's the key to the program. Thank you so much. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you so much, Carmela. Virginia N., please go ahead. This is Virginia N. Um, recovered in Southwest Virginia, and um, I can remember years ago finding the program. Um, I had been in Weight Watchers forever and ever, and a woman in those rooms broke her daughter's anonymity and told me about um, OA, and I had never heard of it, and I didn't look for it right away, but after spending the night 
uh, at a party that most of the night I spent in the bathroom eating the food that I put in the pockets of my pants. The next day I called, found a meeting, and it was such a sense of relief to walk into the room and hear that I had a disease, that it wasn't, as someone said, a moral issue with me, um, that I actually had this disease. And to be honest, there was like this weight lifted off my shoulders when I found out there was actually a solution. And I'm so grateful to have found the rooms of OA, and I am so grateful that I am willing for today to take the actions I need to take to stay abstinent and um, to remain sane. So thanks, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Virginia. Okay, Cheryl C., please go ahead. Hello, this is Cheryl C. from Louisville, Kentucky. And I don't usually share, but I was inspired. Um, Welcome. This little paragraph. Oh, thank you. Um, this little paragraph, you know, I, the enthusiasm of the person, I can totally relate to um and, you know, what it really makes me think of is the special editions um, because I don't know how many times I've been listening to a special edition and someone will say something and it will be like my truth coming through another person's mouth. And it's just so powerful. Um, and um, I just love how in OA there's so much variety. You know, um, some people have lost 100 pounds and some people 50 pounds and some people have exercise bulimia, and some people, you know, like me, I avoid exercise as much as I can, and um, so I just, um, I, you know, I am so grateful for that, just that kind of like gold mine of um, shared experience through those special editions, um, and um, I can remember going to the, um, the, conference that was last fall and hearing someone on the stage speaking about getting hungry like only a couple hours after eating a meal and realizing it's not real hunger and I just you know that was very it's just you never know what you're going to share that really speaks to another person and it's just so helpful to know you're not alone and and that together you know we can um you know, share it with our shared experience, you know, go go further down the path of recovery together. And it's just, um, I'm just very grateful for that. And I felt inspired to share. So thank you very much for your leadership and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Okay. It looks like we have time for one, two shares. Who would like to share? What was read? Courtney M. Courtney? Mm-hmm. Anybody else? All right, Courtney, please go ahead. Thank you. This is Courtney M. Um, gratefully recovered today in Southwest Florida. Okay, yeah, when I read this paragraph this morning during my, my quiet time, um, it is such a short paragraph, but wow, this is what saved me. Listening to other people, 
share their experience with the food and how it just absolutely gave me the ability to let down my guard and be vulnerable with other human beings because that was a scary, scary thing for me before program. Like I didn't want to let down my guard and let anybody know. Obviously, it was on my body. I was over 100 pounds overweight. You could see that I was doing weird things with food. I was not reacting to food like a normal person. But I certainly wasn't going to tell anybody about my darkest, you know, behaviors, my my fishing food out of the trash to eat it after I'd sworn that I wasn't going to eat it and threw it away. You know, there there was so many times when I, you know, was on a treadmill pounding and, and like pushing and it's amazing I didn't have a heart attack with how hard I pushed myself when I was again a hundred pounds overweight and trying to run because I needed to burn off the calories because I'd eaten something that I shouldn't have eaten and I was looking at the calorie count on the treadmill to see if I had burned it off yet I wasn't going to tell anybody about that but this program and this action of being able to reach out and tell other people your stories and for, for me to hear your stories, that's what saved me from misery and a life <laughs> doomed. There is a reason why they call it morbid obesity, and that's where I was. I was dying slowly. And uh, I'm so, so grateful for this program and for the opportunity to help others. And I hope that you can hear that there is hope here. If you're brand new, there is hope. And thank you. With that, I pass. Amen. Yes, there is hope. Okay. All right. So we have about two minutes left. Is there someone who would like to take us out? Take us out with a bang? No pressure. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hi, Brenda A. Okay. Brenda. That's who I heard. Brenda A. Take us out, please. Got about two minutes. Uh, thank you, one and all. I I am recovering one day at a time. I've been abstinent since January 1st. It's been up and down. It's been difficult. But what I've learned and reading this passage is I'm very, very lucky because around I'm 74 and around 33 years ago, I had attempted to get to an OA meeting, but the shame was too great. I didn't look overweight. I wasn't overweight. Where, But my higher power has always been with me, guiding me. And what that means is I never became bulimic. I never became anorexic. I never became an over exerciser, and I appeared to be living a very healthy lifestyle. But the bottom line was, until I finally gave myself up, meaning when I started freeing myself of the bondage of self, which basically started about a a year ago in March of 2019, it took me seven, eight months to realize that I was a food addict, that I had to give myself over to a higher power, and through this extraordinary program, again, one day at a time, I am recovering, abstinent today by the grace of God, not by self-will, 
but working and walking hand in hand with all of you, I could not be more thankful than what I've gained from this program. I'm currently working step seven, and I cannot wait until I finish my 12 steps for the first time so I can do my higher being's will and hopefully attract other people to the program and hopefully continue to give of myself because that is the only thing that keeps me abstinent. So thank you one and all for hearing me, for listening to me, and allowing me to acknowledge that I am a food addict and I am very, very proud to be part of a wonderful fellowship. Thank you. Well, bang, there you go, Brenda. Thank you so much and thank you everyone for a wonderful meeting, and thank you for all who have contributed. Um, the sec- Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following. The share ID for today, Tuesday, May 19, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 14,648-14648. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Janet E., if you could please take us out. Okay, thank you so much, everyone. Janet E., recovered in Ecuador. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little bit, only a little, excuse me. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.